and welcome to another edition of the Battle Royale Podcast. I'm your host as always, Edward Jones, and joining me, of course, is the Professor, Mr. Stephen Palmer. Hello, hello, hello. Tonight we are on episode three. Today's lesson is, as we today find out the fate of our class, having on our previous episode seen them being gassed on the bus while they're on the school trip, we now find them waking up in a mysterious classroom on the island in which their Battle Royale will take place. Now, this is obviously a scene where we get to introduce to a couple of new characters in the form of the transfer students, uh, Kiriyami, who's uh, in the film, he's the student who's playing the game for fun, and we also have Guada, who is the bandana-wearing veteran of the games who we're told is from the previous game and has now been brought across into uh, this one. And we obviously get into their histories a little bit later in this episode. But, um, yes, Stephen, I mean, we're now three episodes in. We're finally on the island. And in this one, we really are reintroduced to Katano, as he's known in the film. Yep. So obviously, he's uh, named differently in the in both the book and the, uh, in the in the manga. And I have to say, this is a real sort of scene-stealer for, uh, for, for our good friend, Beat Takashi Takano. Here, really commanding the room as uh, these students wake up in this classroom with sort of no idea what they've got into, which seems kind of strange, seeing as this is like a big national event. The fact that uh, every year the Battle Royale contest is held, and yet these kids are seemingly absolutely clueless of what's going on. Yeah, I, get it. I mean, this is the um, this is the thing that really bugs me about <laughs> this film. We'll get we'll get past this soon. We'll get chapter five or six. We'll be past this. But yes, they're they're, they're, they're all round ignorance. I, I I understand that some of them aren't. Some of them wouldn't know because clearly it's been set up. They've got other things on like Nobu. I'm pretty sure wouldn't have had a clue what's going <laughs> no. on. But but we do know that some of them, at least one of the students, is a good student and must surely know and must surely have these things discussed. Um, the teacher's clearly aware of it. But Yes. So if I'm if I'm remembering this scene right, um, the kids sort of wake up, and my first question is, so they got gassed on the um, on the on the coach in our last episode, and they wake up. Some of them, however, are sitting in chairs and they wake up. So have they brought them in, laid some on the floor, and put some in chairs to <laughs> they're going to wake up? I just thought that was really odd, <laughs> and I really shouldn't let these things worry me. It's but, um, really kind of interesting. It seems like these, because uh, I assume it's the soldiers who've done everything. You can't expect Katano to really mm. do anything. I mean, he's been flown in private helicopter styles, so I would assume it's the soldiers just, for whatever reason, they decide to artistically arrange these kids. Like, our two transfer students are both very, sort of positioned, like, almost in, like, a Gemini sort of uh, layout they're both in the same exact pose but on opposite sides of uh, the the mm. room to each other sort of facing each other and then we've got as you said we've got some students who are sort of slumped over chairs and have just basically been thrown on the floor so I'm guessing that they were the students that came after about the sixth one where they thought oh, screw this just pile them up <laughs> um, of course but, but we, we do have that sort of we do see them as a class for the first time and the camera does quite a nice thing where it sort of it, it highlights the people that we are going to be our main characters, and also, as you say, brings into view. Hang on, who are these two reprobates? Um, reprobates that are dressed in the most 
Well, they look like rejects from the Lost Boys, don't they? <laughs> I suppose you could say that. <laughs> they look terribly 80s. That's all I'm going to say. Um, but it's but it is quite nice because you know we get that it's not quite a um, it's not quite the school photo which is is, is all part of the um, the paraphernalia of the film but it's no, it's their first it's their first time and a scene which will be only one of the few things I remember from Battle Royale too like where they do something very similar. Yeah, it's also worth noting the fact that the floor is completely coated with plastic, mm. as though they know that they know what the way this introduction is going to go. As if they'd done it before, maybe. <laughs> yes. And it seems like... Because, I mean, we obviously... Just slip slightly ahead in this one. We obviously know that, you know, Katana's going to kill one or two of these students before they get out of this classroom. And it kind of makes you wonder, is it like <laughs> this sort of thing where the a- acting teacher of the uh, of the, the class during this Battle Royale program always loses his cool and kills somebody? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, he's um doesn't take much encouragement, does he? Certainly doesn't. Um, now, I mean, we should let's first of all just uh, talk a little bit about uh, Katano. Um, obviously, Katano is one of these characters who's subject to some major changes, both in both the manga and the novel. Uh, obviously, in the film, he's known as Katano. In the manga, he's uh, known as uh, Yomini Kamon. And uh, he's portrayed as this, like, bloated, like, sadistic and really kind of cocky and arrogant villain who does everything he can to antagonize the kids. He cares nothing about, you know, killing them. And we obviously have um, several sort of scenes a bit later, sort of coming up in the later chapters, which sort of uh, differ. In, but much like Katana, I mean, he spends a lot of time, you know, eating, smoking, and watching the mute, the monitors, and actually listening into the students' uh, conversations through the uh, the microphones in their in their necklaces. Now, if we compare him to the book, he is um, he's actually kind of got more. I want to say almost like a Final Fantasy sort of style to him. Um. Because he's uh, seen as he's thinner, he's kind of like um, uh, Sephiroth in um, Final Fantasy VII. Can't believe it's a deep dive. Uh, <laughs> really, he's sort of like this, the main villain of that thing. I, yes. I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> okay, but yeah, in the novel he's known as Kimpatsu uh, Sakamochi, and uh, yeah, he's just this thin government guy. He's got long hair. Very, it's bizarre how. You know, anime. He's he's sort of like described, mm. um, especially compared to like his manga counterparts. You would have expected them to be pretty much the same, but apparently not. But again, he's just uh, he's really sort of wow. He's very sort of sadistic, and that sort of really comes across in in the through the book. Just how much he sort of enjoys his work. He's much more of a government man. Now, with uh, Katano, he's just basically the substitute teacher who gets a chance to take revenge on certain members of the class, and we finally get to confirm where he got stabbed, because you've said in the previous episode it was the thigh, and I said it was the ass, and his first conversation with Nobu is, you stabbed me in the ass. <laughs> I still think it's his leg. I think he's exaggerating. He's got issues. Katano, Katano's got issues, <laughs> as we're going to find out fairly soon. <laughs> And yeah, he's 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 inventing a history. He just needs to look at his scar. <laughs> hmm. 
So, yeah, I mean, it's also in the scene that we find that the teacher that they've obviously come on the on the trip with has actively opposed the the class's involvement in the Battle Royale Act. And uh, look where it gets him. He ends up getting shot. Well, at, the ver- at, the very, the at the very least, it looks worse than shot, doesn't it? <laughs> it, it reminds me of the scene, one of the scenes in Ring, you know, when, the, when you finally see the girl in the... Is it Ring 2, where you see the girl in the car? And it goes in on her face, just okay. like that. <laughs> that <laughs> this doesn't work well on podcasts, that facial impression that I've just done. But, uh, yeah. Trust me. It's certainly not a flesh wound this guy has suffered. He no. seems to be riddled with bullets. Um... And this is the scene that's you know is in both in all the versions. But again, do you remember how we said him back in episode one, the scene of uh, his of his Naharis uh, Farah being hung, mm. and we said that, you know that was a really shocking scene when this film came out because we'd not really seen that sort of level of violence, especially in Asian cinema. And then we have this sequence, and this would also be enough of those sort of standout moments of violence that I remember again being just super shocked. It was like, wow, this is really graphic too obviously see and I mean obviously we've can look back at like the exploitation cinema of the 70s and there's much worse things than there is this but because of the the distribution we had especially here in the UK we just had not seen violence like this on film before so well and we're not we're about to see some more um I mean I think I think (laughs) I think that is the first time we get a sense that there's a bit more going on here that this isn't going to be some kind of anodyne kind of drama. That sort of scene, often that's the... Um, if I think back to like Jello films and things like that, a, a moment yeah. like that would be the climax. That would be the beginning of the unravelling. That would be the the shocking moment. I know we're three episodes in, but that's barely five, ten minutes into the film, yeah? Um, and, and it's setting its stall out with... With not just only a sort of a graphic visual, but that's a really quite shocking act. Because I think, um, I guess certainly in Japan, um, where it's a society which is very based on status in society, and teachers are held in high regard. I mean, I think they're all over the world, really, aren't they? It's you know, it's, it's a job which comes often with low pay but high status. Um, yeah, to see a teacher shot that would been that would have been quite shocking. You know, this isn't this isn't a yakuza, is it? This is uh, yeah. this is this is this is the person that we trust to look after our children. Turns out, although it was being a bit inappropriate in the back of the uh, back of the coach earlier, I seem to remember. But um, <laughs> but but yeah, that that must that that is that is shocking, and it sets us up very early on for where we're going to go. Now, do you think that his obviously opposing this government order is the fact that because of his his age, because he looks like a very you know young newish sort of teacher, you know, the kind of uh, teacher that probably wore a waistcoat to school and <laughs> down with the kids. Do you mean he he hasn't yet got a jacket with patches on? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he hasn't got a a plaid shirt <laughs> marked with with uh, cigarette ash. Um, I hadn't really thought of that. I'm just getting thinking sort of the teachers in Asia films and Japanese films they either seem to be young or utterly past it and not caring <laughs> so I, I don't know are there any middle aged teachers I don't know um, no, I, I don't I, I just assume he's just 
a good teacher. But again, this makes no sense because they haven't been to school for months. <laughs> this, this is not tallying with me. He's he, he's been he's been claiming his salary for doing nothing. Maybe that's what they shot him for. <laughs> Maybe it's just when I compare him to like Katana. Obviously, Katana was the teacher that they had before, and. Apparently, that when he gets stabbed in the ass, it's like a year on from that that he's reunited with this class. Um, so, that, I just kind of like look at the two, and it's sort of like you look at Katana's character, and he's called like the the older teacher, mm. and obviously because he's sort of like been more affected by this. I mean, yeah, he's been attacked by one of his students. He's going to be down with the the government act. I mean, anything that allows them to sort of get back at these little bastard kids who are just basically causing havoc and he says says you know when he's explaining what the battle royale act is which again is just astounding he says you know what this is when he writes battle royale act on the on the board like no one has a clue it's sort of like what what's going on with you kids (laughs) him maybe (laughs) maybe um maybe the government are right <laughs> maybe it's maybe it's time. Maybe you aren't actually as are as useless as Katana says you yeah, are. Yeah, maybe maybe he's not wrong at all. Obviously, with you know the proper introduction of uh, Katana, I mean, obviously we here we see him in like full bluster here as he is going to be throughout this program. I mean, how do we find him now? Obviously, compared to how we saw him when he was just you know just a guy trying to teach. I well, mean, before, do we see any sort of difference? Oh my god, yeah. So before he was. He looked almost broken, didn't he? He was staring at his blackboard. Student comes in. He's like, yeah, your mates have decided not to play anymore. And he just looked like a broken man. Yeah. Couldn't really make much much more of a decision about that. Uh, much more of an opinion about him than that. Um, and then obviously we see him get stabbed. I'm going to let you have it in the butt. Um, <laughs> now what we have is a guy that's incredibly confident, incredibly sarcastic, um, we're about to find out he's incredibly sadistic. Um, he's got some. He's wearing a gym teacher outfit, he's, so indeed that makes sense. He's got some issues. This boy has this. This chap has to to work out because, yeah, it's 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 a, it's a kind of a mix, isn't it, of authoritarian and <laughs> a bit jokey, really. <laughs> just, you know, he's a, he's a, he's 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 full of personality. Um, everybody, all the soldiers in the room are just are just soldiers. I wouldn't be able to tell you who any of them were. Yeah, the kids are just snotty and annoying. And Katana is 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 the character in the room, and the only thing that's going to upstage him. We won't talk about probably to next week, um, he, or next episode. So yeah, he I I find him to be. 180 degrees different from the broken man we met five minutes ago or three hours ago in your in our time <laughs> but um yeah yeah for sure for sure just uh 180 degrees round yeah i mean Dustin, he's you i agree with you he's got certainly got a little more personality a lot more confidence about himself and certainly we see him there for in chalk at students for whispering and uh, carrying on he he commands the room because he knows that he's like fully in charge of the situation here and it, it's so much clearer like as you said before when we saw him as the uh as, the, as just in his teacher role that he has no sort of confidence here and here he has nothing but confidence it's like he's been given all the power and i think part of it is also the fact that he knows that although these students he's hold, still holding grudges against are going to soon be wiping themselves out. So, 
it's like many of his problems are all getting solved. Mm. Yeah, I guess I guess so. Or we say that a year's worth of festering over it. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I think, again, we've talked about this before, but I'm pretty bloody sure that this is not a ballot. This is not a random selection. He has got involved with the Battle Royale programme and he has chosen this class, right? It's never said, but it's got to be the case, right? I certainly feel that he's had a hand somewhere in it. I mean, certainly how involved he seems to be. It doesn't just seem like, like, oh, your class has been chosen, you're going to come in and um, and represent this role for the government. He actually does, like you said, he seems to, that this seems a lot more planned than perhaps we would like to think it is. Mm, for sure. Now, on to our two exchange students. I think we should really talk about, about them. And First off, we obviously have the student where we are told later is playing for fun which is uh, Kazu Kiriyami now Kiriyami in the in the film is the delinquent I think that's the best way to describe him yes basically there with his um, very unique hair yeah. I, I don't know what they were going for that is he's got manga hair there he's either manga hair a flock of seagulls hair whatever it is yeah he's he's, he's... The, the the look is one where you just think that really dates this film. The school un- the school focused. the school uniforms are kind of timeless, and other than what they're talking about and things like that, you could probably this could be any time between sort of nineteen sixty and twenty twenty. But those two fellas, especially this guy, are it's just it reminds me I don't know like last day of secondary school. And you all start writing on your shirts and untucking them and wearing your ties round your forehead. That's what it feels <laughs> like to me. <laughs> I'm <Don't> school you. <laughs> well, you know, you know, everyone everyone signs your school shirt and stuff like that, and you just there's a sense of letting go. Um, Whereas obviously that isn't the case with this chap, um, because he looks older, and I don't quite know how they manage that, but him him and the other guy both look older. Um, and they've been through this before. Again, when? <laughs> because the last one was won by that little girl. So, help. <laughs> Put some timing on this. Yeah, he's a, certainly an interesting character. I mean, in the film, he's much more just of a straight psychopath, and I think that's pretty much established from the start. Mm. Although the depths of his psychosis are going to slowly be revealed over the forthcoming chapters. In the book, I mean, he starts off as kind of like a very sort of positive and happy-go-lucky side of kid, because um, he's mainly in the sort of like the the manga. It's, uh really sort of emphasizes this, and it's really when he loses his mother that he also loses all feeling now in the book his sort of loss of feelings more attributed to a um car accident which basically like partially lobotomized him and basically caused him to lose the ability for basic human emotion most notably remorse um as we certainly see in this now he's also said to have a genius iq and is able to quickly adapt to any situation and in the manga we also see that he's a gang leader being shown introduced basically as as a, a as a sort of transformation of his sort of character as part of him losing his mother he becomes sort of more 
drawn into that lifestyle when it helped really because of his lack of emotion and the fact that with his genius IQ he studied things like human anatomy so he was able to beat like a lot of the older boys in uh, in brawls which I have to say I don't know how that works exactly if you know human anatomy does that like make you a super fighter or not I assume it tells you good places to hit people but you know I'm, I'm, I think I think that's probably the first thing you learn in anatomy is all the pressure points and the, and the death yeah, that nonsense this <laughs> I mean... <laughs> it's like you're gonna land it him here now let's go out and cause some damage that's why everyone yeah, fears because, the anatomy students because um because doctors are probably better than soldiers at fighting war that that's all I can that's all I can draw from that. And if we had an army of doctors, the island would be safe forever. <laughs> if you say so. <laughs> I'm just I'm just following what you're telling me, mate. <laughs> so yeah, I mean it's it's kind of a shame that we don't get any of these sort of in in the very sort of flashbacks we get, we don't really get any sort of flashback for him. He's just sort of reduced down to this sort of standard architect the fact that you know he's just one of the crazies on the island and he's one of really i'd say but it's it's between him and um that's the point you're trying to make no he 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 is the most of of the main characters yeah the ones that have that seemingly have a a storyline here and a purpose uh, rather than just being cannon fodder he he's he's a blank slate isn't he he's just a He's just a nut job, and he's nothing more than that. Um, I don't think we flash back to any backstory for him, do we? I think no, we don't get any flat backstory at all. Uh, whereas both the the book and the the manga, obviously having more sort of space to flesh characters out, really sort of fill in a lot of his backstory. But both uh, him and um, our aforementioned uh, veteran uh, Guada. They're both already in the class when this happens. They're mm. not drafting in as transfer students, shall I say, as uh, put their little quotation marks. They're already part of the class. Um, as I said, Quadra has been drafted in, and depending on which version you're reading, he was held back a year, which meant that he is accidentally drafted into the program. It's not because he's a, a veteran. Whereas Kiriyama is already part, part of the class. He's an established member, but he's really sort of establishes himself as this gang leader he's got his his group of followers uh which we actually there's a scene in the film that's actually uh, reworked from the manga which obviously uh pays sort of it's cool it gives this nod to um to his, his gang that he has but um obviously when we look at uh Kawada, now Kawada's kind of like um a bit of an, an interesting one because He's kind of there from for himself, and um, you kind of get the feel, get the feeling very early on that he's not really going to want to. He's not going to be the guy who's going to team up with anyone. Yeah, that's he just yeah, true. I just remember something else I want to say, but you carry on. <laughs> I just okay, it'll it'll, it'll fall off because me picking picking at it again. But yes, he's um he he's probably the character that we change our opinion about the most in the film yeah I mean you're never sure what, what way when you're supposed to trust Kawada or not and I mean in the film obviously we play up his his mysterious sort of backstory more um, 
but right from him, him being introduced to me, he's obviously got the bandana. He's very clearly aware aware of what the situation is, and he's when you see ever the looks to him, he's just there looking at every single class member. He never pays attention to the front until he's addressed to, and he's just sizing up each of those class members as which one are going to cause him issues. Mm. And you can see that it's almost like he's trying to figure out who are going to be the ones that are going to go crazy here. You know, who are they going to be the ones I'm going to need to avoid? Mm. Um, but obviously the bandana hides the scar that's above his left eye. Um, but he's one of the few characters that uh, doesn't have any sort of major changes from the... Depending on which version you're, you're reading, he's, he's very sort of set in in who he is as a character we don't uh, see any sort of major changes between you know the novel version or the manga version um although the manga version does obviously back up a lot of his claims because throughout the the film i mean he obviously makes these claims of like you know my father was a fisherman my father was a doctor and that um address all his various sort of skills and, and things yeah that's my favorite bit about the character um late later on where <laughs> Where he seems to be able to do everything. And they say, how do you know how to do this? And it's always because his father. <laughs> oh, yeah, my, yeah, yeah. I can dress a boon because my father was a doctor. I can fish because my father was a fisherman. And like, yeah, he, he's, he's actually one of my favourite characters because because I feel, even though he might, he has a sort of a journey in this film, but I feel that his back his backstory makes some kind of sense. I mean, some kind of sense, more than some of the stuff yeah. we've talked about. But yeah, I, I just, whereas um, with the other fella, I can't, he just, you know, I know I know he's meant to be like some kind of force of nature or something like that, and he causes certain certain events to happen. He's the demon of emptiness. Yeah, yeah. and it's interesting <laughs> that the novel makes so much more of his back, you know, he sounds like, you know, he, he does sound like, um, like a character in a computer game, doesn't he? You know, like 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 a end level boss sort of person with a with a huge amount of um, backstory in the in the instruction manual that doesn't really come to play for anything. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I had to. I mean, you had to sort of wonder. I mean, the fact that they cut so much out of like his backstory, like so many of the other students. Do you think the fact that they were trying not to just confuse things, they just want to keep this story as streamlined as possible when they were oh, when they're doing the film version? For sure. You're limited, aren't you? You're limited to a couple of hours. You've got you've you've got a key story you've got to display. You've got to concentrate I guess on on the main characters. Um so so, so some things are gonna have to get missed out, aren't they? And that backstory that you've just described is so ridiculous and so <laughs> okay. so farcical. I'd probably have dropped that as well. In fact, if he if he wasn't the one that had killed most people, I'd have dropped him out of the film altogether because it just feels extraneous compared to the exploration of the backstory of the other characters that we do get to explore. Yeah, I think certainly when you look at the change that Fukusaku uh, makes to these these char- characters. I mean, obviously with Kawada, you've got a little more sort of leniency uh, with how you how you sort of go with um, the sort of direction that you go with with these. Uh, but when you look at obviously um, a character like um, Kiriyama, 
that I think any sort of attempt to add a backstory to him is going to make you too sympathetic mm. to his character when you you really want him just to be this crazy mm. person. You just want him just to be this, as you said, the force of nature in this game because you can, as much as you think oh these kids will work together you kind of want the kids to be there the ones who are going to be out playing for them playing for themselves or just going crazy or having vendettas because it keeps things interesting it keeps things happening on the screen um and in and in, and in the story so i think by having him just reduced down to that simple predator sort of characteristic i think certainly may works better in the in the film and obviously with the the manga and the book where you've got more sort of room to breathe i think it it adds something i guess but i think yeah. if you're reading those things you've normally seen the film first <sighs> so it's sort of like more of a bonus feature for you the, the thing that really i'm i can't the circle i can't square is why they're made to be strangers when in the other versions of the story they're part of the class you know oh my god it's that nutter <laughs> the, the one that always sits yeah. at the back and is always like I guess it doesn't make any sense because I haven't been to school but you know what I mean whereas um, you know, the, the story about three years before and the girlfriend that died and that kind of stuff that that, that, that makes sense that could explain a transfer student but there's, there's just, I don't know just, just weird that they decided to do that with these two and I have another weirdness as well Okay. Why are they students six and seven or seven and eight? Because these class numbers are what you're assigned at the beginning of the <laughs> year, right? <laughs> yeah. So what happened to the two boys that I would have expected them to have the really high number? Yeah, they'd have been extras. So that. Oh yeah, I know what you're saying. So there's two kids that have gone missing. <laughs> Where are they? What's their story? Maybe they're like Otto and the Simpsons. They just died on a different school. Trip. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's they got clubbed to death by Confederate soldiers. <laughs> I just, I did think that I, because again, we'll talk about this next episode. But um, you know, when the, all the kids are called out by class number, and it's quite deliberate that these two are called out together, and quite early on, before the film gets bored of going through all the kids. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, there are quite a lot. No, no, says, no so. yeah, there are a lot of kids, and they still call out quite a lot. But these two, I think they're six and seven. I seem to remember. I could be wrong. Um, but it is just, I just I now it, it, then I sort of on rewatching, I thought there's a mystery here. Where are the other two kids? Um, but again, I maybe I never actually noticed it until you pointed yeah, it out. Yeah, and now, now, now you're wondering <laughs> about them as well. There's a whole fan fiction of the missing two kids from Battle Royale, <laughs> and which is why it makes uh, more sense in the story. Yeah, in in the in yeah. the novel. Yeah, absolutely. Which is just weird, but never mind. I, f- I would just go back to the point you were making about you know why they drafted these two kids in as exchange students rather than just having Ooh. them as part of the class. I think. In the manga, because all these kids are so wildly different looking from each other, they don't really sort of stand out. Whereas if you look at the film versions, they sort of really stand out. I mean, obviously one's got a bandana, the other's got anime hair. Um, it, it, they, they really sort of stand out when you look at compared to every other kid in this class. They're all very sort of standard looking, all the same uniform, all the same sort of similar sort of hairstyles as, um, to an extent. And... It, they just sort of like uh, stand out a little it by having them coming as exchanges and the fact they look so different it adds that sort of air of mystery to 
who are they? Which I think is uh, was really appreciated. And so when you watch it the first time, it really sort of adds that, you know, what side are they going to be on? Are they going to just be like, come in and just kill everyone? They're going to be like, the uh, government hired hunters for this game so that if we don't play by the rules, we're just going to get hunted by these two. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I mean... The only other thing I want to really sort of mention is again to go back to a point you raised earlier here, and that's you mentioned about you know how they're just artistically arranged around this classroom. If we look at the manga, they're actually all in it's more of a traditional classroom setup, so they're all in desks, um, and they'll basically wake up um, lying on their desks, which is a cool sort of sequence. But when you look at like the manga and the book, I mean, the, every single kid in that class has their own backstory and is identified. And while the film certainly does its best to sort of make them all stand out, we get those wonderful wide shots of the the kids, and we're constantly moving back and forth between the two. But only one or two sort of are highlighted. Um, you still get a feeling in the film that you know these kids aren't just there to be sort of cannon fodder; they are actual characters um, who you could potentially follow in this story. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's a it's a good introduction to what's going to go down to, uh, in the on this island, and even if we are only three chapters into this this project now, so indeed. Anything else you want to bring? Is up? that as far as we've got? Is that all this chapter is? <laughs> we are on number three. Oh my gosh! I just it's just um. Like I, like I said before, I'm watching this on the Blu-ray, and you haven't even got to chapter two yet. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's um, it's I think it's 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 for me. This is the beginning of the film. Yeah, this is this is this this is where we you know we we, we see a dead body. We now know what this is about. No, we don't know exactly what it's about, but you know, we we had a lot of text early on, didn't we, telling us about the Battle Royale Act, but now shit's getting real. And um and we learn a lot more about Katano and and and, and the class as a whole, and this is the last time we'll see this class together. And I think that's that's kind of important. So to me to me this this is this is the real beginning of the movie. It's the way you're describing it. It sounds like when um, we used to watch Bloodsport at the cable company and they would watch the opening training montage and then skip straight ahead to the competition. (laughs) But they'd skip over all the scenes of him making tea blindfolded or having that really long, impassioned stare at the the mantelpiece. Um, I can... Yeah, I'm I'm pretty certain I can think of films like that where I... I start watching it and then I go to my favourite scenes. And, it's so and like, oh, we don't need to, we don't need character development. We just want to see like him fight Bolo. Yeah, I I mean I'm sure you've done this, but have you ever made your own little edits of films? Where just my own edits. <laughs> just put together the the scene the, the five scenes you like about it, and yeah, it's my favourite movie. I've watched all twenty three minutes of it many times. <laughs> <laughs> There are some films that I do. Um, you put it on and you you skip to your favorite bits, or or you catch it on TV and you wait until the, your favorite bits have come on. I mean, certainly Jaws two. There's there's about three or four scenes in that I love to see in Jaws two. Mm. Um, arguably the superior version over Jaws, but that's a another podcast in its entirety. Uh, but um, yeah, I know what you I know what you mean. There are certain 
certain films that you like to skip forward to the best bits and i mean obviously with the miracle dvd mm. we can now do that it's no longer the case of you having to judge it by sound anymore no absolutely absolutely but yes i'm i'm really looking forward to the next couple of chapters because i really think you know we we've been in we've been in first gear we're now in second we're nearly on our way <laughs> yeah well, thank you as always for listening to tonight's episode. We hope you enjoyed it as much as we enjoyed bringing it to yourself. Uh, you can obviously get in touch with us through our Facebook group, which is uh, under our main show, which is Asian Cinema Film Club. We're also on Twitter, which is at AC Film Club. And we're on, also on Instagram as well, under Asian Cinema Film Club. You can find our complete archive of episodes and, at our main blog, which is Asian Cinema Film Club wordpress.com and uh, while you're over there why not check out our main show the Asian Cinema Film Club where every couple of weeks uh, myself and Stephen check out a different Asian cinema film we cover everything from from the anime to the art house Shambara to the absolute bizarre um, we cover it all so uh, definitely go and check that out and um, on our most recent episode we looked at Female Prisoner Scorpion uh, which is a really weird um, women in prison movie slash art house um, classic in the first of the female prison scorpion series and definitely one that we had a lot of fun discussing on the show but um if you want to obviously get in touch with the show you can do uh, we have our email address which is battle royale pcast at gmail.com you can also leave us a comment in the uh leave us a, a message in the comment section and wherever you happen to be listening to us please do hit the like and subscribe button maybe leave us a review as it all helps raise the profile of the show uh but make sure you join us next time for chapter four the necklace good night